Hi, my name's Gemma. Um, welcome to this podcast for Magical Women. I'll be in conversation with Natasha Oliver-Cork. It's a very relaxed affair. But we could start being as we're all cosy here with our cups of tea. Just get to know you a little bit. Tell me about Natasha. <laughs> yeah, so I'm Natasha. Um, that's been established. Yeah, I, I'm from Bath. I'm from Somerset. Um, I didn't really adopt the Somerset accent until much later in life but um, I wear it with pride. I'm in my second year at drama school, so I'm training at the moment to be an actor. Um, And I basically have just grown up mostly in theatre, actually. Um, And yeah, I've always tried to avoid the fact I've always been down this creative endeavour and then the inevitable happens and I've ended up sort of just always either writing or mostly singing, I think found a family video the other day of me at three years old I wasn't able to speak properly but I was singing at the top of my lungs and bowing and making sure that everyone clapped at each bow and I think that sort of sums me up um looking back at three-year-old Natasha (laughs) um but yeah so yeah at the moment um like everyone else I'm stuck in lockdown so next week I start online drama school again so that's fun but yeah crazy time isn't it I mean Mm. I think this situation has dragged on for a lot longer than any of us Mm -hmm. expected and it just means that for a lot of us especially as creatives life looks so very different than we expected yeah um so I guess if, if you're going into your second year of drama school um what were you expecting to be doing with your time and with your life before yeah a lot happened very (laughs) different yeah so first the end of first year looks a lot different so in some ways it's quite hard to be like oh I'm in my second year because I didn't really finish my first year so I think we all did feel very you know teachers because I was very fortunate that all of last term so the autumn term we were all in person because I do I do go to an amazing school and that they did ensure we were all safe but it was very much teachers being like, we are second years now. We're like, but we didn't get this whole last summer term. Um, but from that, amazing things happened. And that's sort of where I ended up going back into my writing, which as a child, I would spend hours doing. And then, you know, a te- becoming a teenager happens and going into like, you know, doing exams and all of this. Um, and yeah, so I ended up writing a lot, which led me to Magical Women and sort of reconnecting to yeah my my own sort of creative outlets aside from my acting because I'd spent so long trying to get into drama school in the first place and then being there and then having that ripped away and doing this bizarre online drama school um I've just sort of in some ways I've had a blessing from that as well um so yeah it's been a bizarre time I think for everyone but um magical things happen from it too so absolutely they do and just to return a little bit I guess to to the writing I mean I think a lot of us creatives especially if we're neurodivergent as well Mm -hmm. (laughs) tend to be quite um we like to do a smorgasbord of different things yeah and they're all the things that we will have done I guess to keep us um alive Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for our whole life 
So yeah. I remember as a kid singing songs myself in the garden and constantly making things up or narrating what was in the car window. And, and yeah. I guess you kind of find a different way of pouring that into something where it feels useful, but also helps you to express yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really interested in that kind of return to the writing because mm. I, I don't know, we're, we're speaking to you today as a musician, I guess. But I'm really keen to get a sense of you as a well-rounded artist. Mm. And um, where do you think, where do you kind of position yourself with that? Is it just picking the right thing Mm. um, to serve your creativity at the time? Or do you feel like you were forced into a corner with returning to writing with the changes that happened over the course of 2020? I don't know. I think for me, so in, so last going to drama school like the university attached to I knew going to drama school I was dyspraxic but I hadn't had any diagnosis so you know only in the last year I officially got my dyspraxia and dyslexia diagnosis like almost a day you know to like the year to the day um and technically only got my official diagnosis for ADHD in September so I think a lot of coming back to my writing was also re- like changing the narrative for myself of who I am and how I write and how my brain is different and how that is okay and sort of taking away the barriers that have been put up from my schooling experience and not quite being able to do things because now I understand that with ADHD and dyslexia and dyspraxia I had all of these barriers that I didn't know were there because I always either masked or fought through it and I think with music I never had that barrier because it's always so to myself but that being said, like, I now understand why I've never managed to learn, you know, beyond an intro of a song well, because I always start to learn something and then I get bored or forget it and then like learn something else. So I could I could do like a repertoire on the piano of loads of like intros to loads of songs. But I can't I never finish a song. And now I understand why. And I think that's the pinpoint for me to go. I think I'm ADHD um but also being like that's fine like and a lot of my particularly musical writing and also my writing is very much a one-hit wonder in the sense that I just do it and then that's kind of it and it's quite hard for me to go back you know obviously that's something I have to work on and like you know being in like acting training obviously I can't just be there like I performed this monologue once fine great you know so it's you know it's understanding it and accepting it but also like you know now I can be kinder to myself with understanding my own creative processes and, you know, adapting, adapting in a way that works for me and understanding that the world around me doesn't actually often like, you know, um, what's the word, uh, like see to that, I suppose, like accommodate to that. Um, so I think I ended up going back to writing because it's a way of me processing partly what was going on because it was yeah particularly like the first lockdown it was very much trying to work out what's going on and I ended up having to yeah go back to drama school online and being so far away from everybody but I found yeah a release through the written work but even then when I did write a poem people would often say oh that sounds like a ballad and I realized I do write like in verse I do write in um song even if it isn't to music um but I think I always get led back to music and I've even brought music into my drama school experience where I can so um it's sort of yes 
learning to navigate where I sit with that I think too yeah so that I mean that brings up a few things for me so there's there's three things there (laughs) (laughs) one of them is whether or not um, having to being forced into this um, kind of digital environment has actually addressed any of your barriers Mm. um, better Mm. than potentially doing that in in life the other is this idea of the kind of creative exorcism because I really feel like um, I can identify with that Um, when I'm writing for my band the songs just come out in one big glut it Mm. it happens very quickly um, and I'm fortunate enough to have found people that kind of again accommodate for that and are just Mm. as keen as and, and as enthusiastic but I do think that that does lead to um difficulties sometimes working with other people because mm-hmm. it's almost um yeah it, it, it is like a creative sort of exorcism you have to get it out of your system yeah. so then do you find yourself feeling a bit more comfortable um working in a more devised way yeah. and that kind of composition as well or do you find it a heavily um orchestrated structure helps you better I think definitely devised I I think yeah no definitely devised I think um I grew up going that sort of theatre like I grew up doing a lot of devised work um as a child and sort of you know sort of coming out of that um and I think I do struggle when it is very black and white um and trying to sort of particularly I think you know particularly when it comes to art nothing's wrong nothing's right but people still try and claim it is and it's like um I think I struggle with yeah having you've got to do this task like this and I'm like no I need to have sort of some sort of way of working around it and also understanding that I need that and it's not a sometimes it is you know okay you got to do something like this and what it's not bad to ask oh can I do something slightly different just because that's will be better for me to express what you're asking it'll be the same thing but it might just be in a slightly different way um and I think yeah sort of looking at how particularly this last year yeah how music's come back into my life in such a such a profound way I suppose um and understand and exploring like how I think I've definitely learned, I definitely found my voice this year, well, 2020, which is like a weird year to like, you know, find it. And I don't think many people will um, look back on 2020 fondly, but I think I definitely, I had to have, you know, being so much time with yourself more so and not having many external influences as much because you can just close a laptop or whatever. um, It means that you have to address things. And I think, a lot of people will definitely have found during this period that they have to because you can't hide by going you know and doing things that distract you because you are stuck with yourself and I think I'm fortunate enough that I was already going through that that it wasn't too much of a difficulty more as like I was like no this is the time I can understand what I want to input and what I want to say and that's okay um and with me I think there's there's a wonderful song by Sarah Bareilles called Little Voice and it's a really old song of hers but she only recently released it and there's like literally one line that which says um I sing what I can't say and that's literally me I think 
if I'm struggling I genuinely would just sing it and then that's my way of expressing and I think yeah I think it's just sort of exploring that further yeah I mean I think it's so lovely to kind of I mean for me I, I was there I was there in the writing workshops that we mm-hmm. were doing with magical women so yeah. to have seen you build confidence that has come through is is really wonderful and you've got such a kind of nurturing inviting open and kind of generous turn to your musicality that it's really nice to see you properly investing in that and in yourself Mm. and I really hope that you continue to kind of take that time for introspection Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot to be said for being allowed to go at our own pace yeah so I think that leads quite neatly to having a little bit of a conversation about a particular song of yours called yep. Seed. Yes. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, so Seed is a song that I wrote during the writers workshop with Magic Women Magical Women. So it was during it wasn't during an actual workshop, but we would get like little like tasks that, you know, if you could do um, you know, to do like a writing task or something. And uh Eleanor had shared like a drawing of a woman in a plant pot and you know she's stuck in the plant pot with something growing you know like a plant growing out and I just decided I was like I'm just gonna pick up my guitar and I just from that just seed came out like it 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 was definitely one of the things that I don't think I've had to rewrite it I think it genuinely was a I wrote it and I was like okay and then I decided in like our sharing week um because I hadn't shared it yet at all actually um that I then just was like oh I'll do a couple poems I'm just gonna do a song um just being like yeah I wrote this song um and then shared it um but a lot of it I think I really identified with that you know artwork of being quite stuck and being you know there's I think as a young woman and a young, you know, neurodivergent woman and like also only discovering that and having to look back on my childhood and understanding things that I now can go, oh my goodness, I wasn't a difficult child. I wasn't a bad child. I wasn't, you know, there's nothing wrong with me. I was just different. And it was the people around me that didn't support that or look after that well that caused me to think that was a bad thing. And being able to sort of, you know, taking very like a specific step of like no I'm growing I'm gonna grow into who I am rather than you know conform to what I've been told or what I've understood the world to be and I think Seed was very much sort of growing from that understanding of seeing that sort of thing being like just look up just look up like you've got everything you need um and that's when, you, you know, if you find the right people, if you find, but a lot of just from yourself as well. And I think self-confidence is a huge, you know, factor of of the song. Because I think particularly as neurodivergent women, we, in just women in general anyway, we definitely do have it bashed out of us through, you know, from young childhood. And I think you do kind of sometimes need to tell yourself that you've got is right there and um you're just looking in the wrong direction and I think it was something I needed to tell myself and and I'm glad that it's being shared on to others why can't I look 
something bright above me why can't i see i'm the sea i need a little nourishing but i'll get there and i will grow on my own i took my time to see Right in front of me is all I need And you came and you cherished me Don't just pick me up to leave me Standing by so prettily Cause I'm more than just your seed I'm more than just an ornament to keep This seed will grow Out into the world But for no one else but me Then I may need help to just see potential I could reach with some nourishing the potential just within reach beyond the surface of my dreams deep within me is something just need to break through the surface to reach it to feed sometimes we just need a little nourishment to grow out of our seed but not to be used to stand by looking on prettily i'm more than just your ornament to keep Just within reach, beyond the surface of my dream. Yeah, and also you deserve to take that space. You deserve mm -hmm. to be allowed to blossom. Yeah. And I think it's definitely something that the the project has done for quite a few of our participants. So mm -hmm. I know that's something that Eleanor, the lead artist, takes a great deal of pride mm -hmm. in. But even I've I've had a few kind of had quite a malleable position <laughs> within yeah. the project, and even just um, being present as a support worker, watching how people blossomed through that mm. process was really joyful. Yeah, I think it's very important to have this space as well because it isn't, you know, a space. I'm I'm very lucky that in some ways my first, you know, writers group experience has been with magical women because to most people's you know reflections on it was that it was so different to any of the other groups they've done because of being led by neurotypical and very like 
sort of goal focused and sort of that sort of you know you're, you're going to reach this to write this specific thing when that's not all it's about you know more journeying and you know um developing and exploring rather than like you're trying to write a play or you're trying to write a book you know it's just because from exploring and it doesn't have to be a finished product and I think neurodivergent people are very incredible at playing around and discovering new interesting things rather than you know getting stuck and I think it's it was amazing yeah I think there's that kind of openness to thinking sort of sideways and upside down and around things because Mm -hmm. we've had to Mm -hmm. and there's this kind of sort of living in your imagination that I guess as we were going we quite often would get told to stop doing yeah (laughs) that that wasn't that where we should be like focus stop getting distracted stop like yeah your energy to things you're not doing whereas actually sometimes giving energy to those things and just allowing for that Mm. really helps us actually focus on the task we're supposed to be doing um was talking to Eleanor the other day and we we talked about this idea of just really thinking around every single other thing around the thing you're actually supposed to be doing before you can actually get to that sometimes Mm -hmm. you need to yeah do that kind of running around circle Mm. um so when when you wrote the song you said that it kind of just appeared it just blossomed how do you what's the actual framework for kind of recording that because I will quite often when I'm walking down the street I need to get into a better framework of actually taking notice of what I'm doing because yeah. we're always creating kind yeah. of <laughs> yeah and those things sort of just come quite often I don't have anything handy to record it or <laughs> so how, yeah. how do you allow that for yourself how do you no I I made through? sure that yeah no I sat down and record so I do tend to just pick up my guitar and just record things and um because otherwise yes because once it's out, it's, it, it is gone. And I've had many a moment when, you know, I haven't tried to record it because I won't write it down. I've got so many songs that I just haven't written down. I'm like, I need to write these down. And I make sure because, uh, yeah, my I think if someone did get my phone and looked at like the amount of like voice memos I have and stuff, they would they would be, you know, overwhelmed. There's stuff in there that I remember, you know, I'll find years later and go, oh, that's quite a nice tune or something like that. But um. I do have to make a point of being like, okay, and you're playing this chord and then that chord and then this chord and then I'll record because sometimes I'll listen back and be like, I have no idea. I don't know where I'm going to find this again. Um, But yeah, so that's the way I I sort of recorded it down. Um, And then I think I then did write it down because of obviously doing the, um, uh, then coming, you know, to the workshop that week. Um, But I don't think I shared actually um then so yeah that's literally the only way I keep record really is just voice memos and but then I do really struggle at then going okay I need to actually properly record this so that's probably my biggest barrier I find I think is actually like oh I've got so much music or they're like only like a minute long and I'm like but also it's going songs don't have to be three minutes to be a song and um you know because I did get to write like a lot of music for um, a scene study I did last term, which was Brecht. And it was really nice to have that outlet and, you know, bring it into what I was studying and stuff like this. Um, but also having already had the like words written, that's quite nice 
just being like I can just do the melody um but that being said obviously most all my all my music I'd say is mostly um word like you know like narratively led so I think it is it was a good experience to push me out of my comfort to um ensure that you know I was exploring more of like different sounds I suppose melodies Yeah, I mean, it's, it sounds like sort of having that anchor of the workshop as well, because I do this, like my voice memos on my phone are ridiculous. And actually, it's only really been in the last year, again, 2020, where I've been focusing back in on my own practice. I've had to give myself specific things to pour that input into so that I can yeah. actually organise it. Otherwise, all of my devices are always full. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So full, so many things. Yeah, the iCloud is my saviour, but I've had to, yeah, twice, like, up, like, the um, space, like, how much space it has. You know, I have to pay a little bit extra to get a bit more space because it did get to that point where I said, like, it's not backing it up because I don't have enough space. So I'm going to have to pay that, like, £1.40 a month or something. I was like, it's fine, it's worth it, just because I just don't have the executive function to actually delete things and go through and, like, sit and do things, like admin like in that sense so um but yeah but now I've got an iPad so I can do both which is helpful um so I invested I was like this is for my future I'm investing in this as like an actor as well for like when I do voiceovers and stuff but yeah hence why you know I've got like a mic setup and stuff now because you know it has got to a point where I'm like no I, I want to put my energy into this creativity myself and if I don't have this these tools then that is putting me back as well um and particularly with now being stuck inside 
you know there's, but there's that energy slippage as well isn't there quite often compared to uh, neurotypical peers we want to work at a particular pace mm. and like yeah I'm the same absolutely the same like I think even before I was only as neurodivergent I think I had some form of ther- therapy and she explained boom bust to me because I'm such a I'm gonna go I'm gonna go I'm gonna go and then I'm crashing and it's like understanding that and being like okay it's not great but also it's not also a bad thing if that's how you work as well it's you do have those bursts of energies and hyper focused and like just being like so passionate about things which a lot of people just don't have um but it's also you know no learning to not let other people dim your light because they don't have that same energy or that same experience of things yeah you know so it's it's a gift as well Just wishful thinking and hopeful as we can't control the weather. But I know everything seems so impossible now. With the pain and uncertainty, I wish I had the words to make it all okay. To make I wish I could take it all away But I can't, that's not the case To make it all okay To make the world safe I wish I could take it all away But I can't, that's not the case If only I could fly to you And wrap you in some protective cocoon I would without a doubt but I can't but I promise I will see you soon no matter how far away that is and I know everything seems so impossible now with the pain and uncertainty I wish I had the words to make it all okay to make the world safe I wish I could take it all away but I can't that's not the case to make it all okay to make the world safe I wish I could take it all away but I can't that's not the case we can't magic the pain away and I can't promise you it will be okay but I'm here with you along the way every step of the way no matter I wish I could take it all away 
I can't, that's not the case. I think there's a weariness in it, but that sense of reassurance. I don't know if you want to explain a bit more about how that song came about, what it means to you, yeah. what the themes are in it. Yeah, so that song um, came from, I think, as you said, like, I definitely have quite a big nurturing um, sort of presence in my music because often, you know, I've got songs even that I wrote from when I was 13, like when, you know, some what a friend was going through something and it's like trying to put into words what you want to be there for them. And I think this song also came from that experience of a very good friend of mine and that their partner was very unwell but on the other side of the country and they couldn't get to them and there's nothing you can do and it was a situation where we didn't know the outcome you know and it was my way of wanting to you know process for myself but also as a way of like reaching out to my friends to be there like you know everything will be okay we don't you know it's all impossible right now but but there's all I'm always here or you know it will be fine I think a lot of my music can sort of lead to that sort of things I think as a person I'm very much I have quite a strong maternal streak and very like you know yeah nurturing and caring so that song is definitely from it is yeah a very sort of sensitive song even though you know it has like a bounce to it you know it's quite it's quite not cheery but you know it's calm and happy and even though underneath it is quite the meaning of it and what you're trying to say is you know a very human condition and a very sort of heartbreaking as well because it is you know you know particularly now in this period of just um not being able to see your family and friends properly um and I think yeah it came from that and maybe a way of me reaching out too because you know we've all been through you know grief and loss particularly in 2020 and I'm sure there's much more ahead for all of us so I think it's a reminder for that. It's probably not just a neurodivergent thing but that kind of leap of imagination um, that allows you to empathize with someone so Mm -hmm. much you can fill yourself up again but so rarely do we ever turn that in on ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, I one of my biggest notes from last term from people like at you know, like teachers and stuff at school was to stop looking after other people. So I think neurodivergent. I think also, at least in my experiences, you know, I think I grew up thinking because I had such strong emotions, I'd react to things that I was quite self-involved or self, you know, selfish. And I think in some ways you counteract that even though obviously being very like empathetic and stuff that it can be you go out of your way for others to a point that is you know you suffer from it because you don't know the barriers and you don't know when you need to step and and not giving yourself the same kind of love and the same kind of care that you do reach out and give to others like constantly and I think you know particularly at sort of you know in my early 20s and sort of navigating everything at the moment like it's learning where that line is for me because I'm still struggling at it and you know and I'm such a I think you know it's very common with sort of new adventure we have such a lease for life and such a love of life and we want to share that with others and we want to be with you know and work with others and 
it can be hard to accept either people don't have that same type of enthusiasm or love of life or outlook on life and also you know you can't take care of everyone because a lot of the time you might suffer from that yeah and when you feel things so deeply it's very expensive but I mean Mm. this kind of relationship with empathy I've quite often wondered as well whether we can be so good at that um because of the masking as well because we've had Mm. to put ourselves in other people's positions and be really curious and kind of learn the way that things are supposed to be done and I think this is something that's very um unique to neurodivergent women Mm. (laughs) especially yeah Yeah. Um, not to say that something that that neurodivergents across the board do but as girls we're so eager to fit in yeah and try and learn how to do things mm-hmm. right we're expected to behave in a certain way um so yeah that kind of that masking mm. I think is really significant in those yeah. ideas of empathy I've always said that I'm really good with people I'm an empath like you give me a person I can find a connection with them yeah have a conversation yeah be great but the longer that we stay in the state of apartness I've sort of forgotten how to do some of those things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If the mask has been left on the hat stand for too long, (laughs) how do we learn how to put that back on when we go into the real world? And should we? No. Well, that's the thing. Do we actually just go? Yeah. Yeah. Like I sort of learned really, like because I had such a period of going back to real life um, briefly in a weird situation of still having social distance and stuff at school. But also going back, realising I waste so much energy on masking and trying to fit in and trying to like be social and stuff that I get exhausted and I get ill. And so one thing I did start to do is that like at lunchtime, I would put my headphones on and spend like lunchtime by myself. And it meant that actually the work I was doing in the afternoon, for example, was better because I needed that space. And I think like as much as yeah it's difficult going back we're like how do I human and I think obviously everyone has an element of that but particularly neurodivergence because we learn by watching others and going ah oh, that's how you're meant to human um so I think a lo- we are coming out of this period I think a lot of people are not going to accept some societal norms because we spent a time being there, like no I realize I don't have loads of you know consistent meltdowns if I'm not putting my energy into this certain thing so if I stop doing that when I'm back out in the world then I'm not going to have loads of sensory overload and I'm not going to I will be able to do things and like for me going because all of like you know sort of a lot of my diagnostics and like or diagnosis and like is going out and realizing okay what is my what are my access needs like I want to be able to go to more you know gigs and stuff when we can but I've, the, why was I always avoiding it? It's because I now understand I need to be able to go and take a space and have a breather and then I can enjoy everything like everyone else. But it's learning to now go for myself to go into the world and be like, no, I need this access need. I need this, you know, and it's not a bad thing. I just, yeah. you know, if you want me to work or if you want, you know, because we, we like you said, we are some of the best workers in the sense that we will get things done however we can't do we don't have a consistency and that's fine that's not a bad thing because if if there's a crisis if there's like a sudden deadline 
we are the people you need but we need then like you know we need the understanding of that we then have to have a break and we have to and also because we live in a society that doesn't and hasn't given us that half of half of the battle is us going I need this and that's okay you know it's not always from the external it is from the internal and actually sort of coming overcoming the internal ableism of understanding that you need that break or you or you do need to put your foot down and learning no I can't do that and how to make a framework for yourself that just feels less impossible (laughs) yeah 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 again that kind of idea of possibility and impossibility Mm -hmm. it brings us around to another one of your tracks um so I mean I think it's the last one that I'm going to ask you to talk about this evening so it would be great to hear a bit about came from the concepts within the song but also now we've had a chat about a few of your pieces um the kind of themes that you find mm-hmm. running through your work as yeah. well It'd be nice to know about that from yeah you. no net which is like early lockdown days and then there was what was the other song i sent oh trepidations are really quite an old song um that i wrote which i think sort of fits more with themes of um like is that sort of early understanding of I think my mental health really actually um so that's prior to um understanding that I had ADHD and but it it was a lot about speaking to that sort of voice in your head and be like okay they're telling me this and I know it's coming and I know I can't I can't trust that voice but it's going to be said and it's going to affect me anyway um and I think a lot of my yeah. and that kind of head and your gut feeling I yeah. guess yeah and it's just um it was very much sort of I think creating a conversation between myself and that other side of myself which I think when I wrote it because yeah it's a few years old now I think um a couple years old that at that point I was very much starting to come to terms and trying to take control of what felt was overpowering me and I think now I'm definitely at a point where I'm kind of having these conversations like it is you know like like music that is completely different but I think it's a very sort of powerful way of just being like um understanding that sometimes yeah you do emotionally react to things without uh having any control over it and yes a lot of a lot of things don't I think particularly I struggle I'm definitely I don't have much logic within me I think and I think a way of me trying to understand that is to try and have a conversation with the impulses I suppose or the emotions I have um so within a song like trepidations just that sort of like I'm just waiting again for something to happen and I don't you know there's that part of me that seems to always win and um and I just have to accept that but I think I'm now at a point where I definitely am not that but then that part of me like now I have got my diagnosis so it's completely different sort of way of understanding my mental health and not understanding it in a way of like just anxiety and depression but understanding anxiety and depression as a result of undiagnosed ADHD 
yeah and it not being the the root problem in and of itself so if you're if you're looking at that that journey between trepidation and no net as well yeah yeah what's the biggest kind of shift that you can see between your attitudes in those two songs I think trepidation is very much stuck in a very like internalized mindset and I think and a way of being like you know stuck in old habits and things like this and I think no net is literally because it's referring to um Jane Eyre and it comes from the quote of you know no net ensnares me and it's very much literally being there like you know we are like because it is referencing sort of it came from hearing the first claps of, you know, Thursday nights back in, God, when did that start? What, April must have been? I, March? I don't know. Um, and hearing the first claps, and I was on my own in my house at that period because um, uh, my mum was in Devon because my great aunt died. She was dealing with that. And I have no idea what my brother was, but it was quite, yeah, a tricky time. And hearing humans outside, and I'd forgotten about it because ADHD, and um, being like, why, why is there noise? you know it's been really <laughs> quiet and I think it was a way of thinking like oh no but we are going to be back and we are we have to make the decision to open the cage yes we are technically stuck in a cage but there's a reason we are and we've got to be kind and I think the difference is of that way of wallowing in it and like finding like in some ways that neurodivergent people have is a very special way of creating a world. And like, as a child, I'd, you know, spend hours creating worlds and escaping, you know, whatever situation I was in, you know, and I think it's rediscovering that. Um, And I think now my music reflects more of that mindset. Yes. 
a bird out of its cage Cause like Jade Eyre I will run away Until the place where I will feel safe And you will see me again Cause like Jane Yeah, we have a very, like, there's a lot of grief for, like, the child, I think, within neurodivergence, particularly if you have such late diagnosis. And I think, obviously, particularly in women, we do. So there's a lot of grief of being like, oh, I could have done that. Because, you know, in some ways, if I hadn't been so, you know, intelligent in ways, and we are very intelligent as neurodivergence because we can mask really well all the time. If I hadn't been so intelligent, I would have got the help. I would have got, you know and I could have done this but it's like I think because we experience so much of that what if or you know that yes we we embrace that emotion I think also because we feel so deeply we're so used to feeling such intense emotions that it's not scary as much like it's not as much of a not an issue but it's not as whole encompassing because we've literally been navigating that our whole lives because you know I'm honestly the type of person I think you know people in my lives is you know out you know more recently in my life starting to you know understand she's crying but honestly leave her for five minutes and I will be fine because you know it's quite a healthy way of dealing with emotions of being able to just you know it physically takes over and I think that's why we're so creative because we feel it like it's not a a part of our brain it's a part of us and we have to, we have so much to give that we have to outlet it so it was a really amazing moment when I had sort of ADHD thrown at me because I had periods of thinking I was bipolar because I was like why do I feel so so much but I don't fit this so what is it and yet it's not out there really easily and I when it was you know given to me and I you know and second I spent some time looking into it, I went down and a, a hyper focus being like, wow, this is me. And like then understanding like, <laughs> oh my God, that's where that's where the anxiety, like I, you know, I am quite an anxious person. But the reason I'm an anxious person is because I live in a world that didn't let me completely just be this, you know, creative outspoken you know nurturing person in the way that my child the child me had because it's it's like even watching that video of three-year-old me and seeing the moment of realizing I love performing but I think the reason I loved it so much is because it was the one time I was getting attention that wasn't stop doing this or stop doing that or you can't do this or you're you're overreacting and I think it was a moment of just being like oh go on go on and being like oh I'm getting they're clapping or they're laughing and they're smiling it's just so worried about fitting in with this world and then suddenly going oh actually I'm going to put my foot down and turn some of that attention back in yeah and I think magic really helped a lot with that over the course of 2020 just wanted to touch on kind of where we've spoken a lot about you being in school yeah. um 
where you kind of turning forward in your future focus. I've also yeah. forgotten entirely to ask any influences. So if you want to mention any anyone we should be listening to to help us understand your work or anything you well, really like I feel like I has spoken to you. I, time to do that. <laughs> what I know what I would say if I kind of did touch on it is Sarah Bareilles she yeah. is honestly like I ended up like on my Spotify being like you're in the top one percent or something listening because she <laughs> speaks in such a way and um yeah because I found because she's also musical theatre she did musical theatre and it's like again like her background was kind of she grew up doing a bit of theatre as a kid I think that's obviously where it led but that's a lot I think we listen to her music. I think we speak from very similar places um, and very gut sort of driven. Um, and yeah, singing or writing what we can't just say. Um, and one of my favorite songs of hers is yeah. called Sweet As Whole. And it's literally her slagging off people who've that annoyed her. And it's like, it's just so funny. Cause it just comes out, it's all lovely. And like, it's like a little like pirate sort of folk song. And then it's like, but is you know slagging off these people and saying oh it's cheaper than like you know buying a drink or like taking drugs like it's just cheaper to you know write it down i think we do sort of latch on to people and then when something oh, speaks to us it really speaks to it yeah get the sense that that's definitely that's happened already with the work that you've presented and i really hope moving forward <laughs> that um especially as we kind of celebrate part of your work with the Inblick festival that yeah. we're moving into with magical women that you get kind of more of a following I think you know you're right for a following in the future <laughs> um but I guess what else like if, if you protect your brain um stop living in the present for a second I know it's hard for us um but then project your brain a little bit forward when you finish school where you hope that you're going to be and what like ultimately if you get anything you wanted in your future what would that look like how do you think oh that's going to look for you um, I think it's yeah I think again with as we as we are with ADHD it's like we want to do loads of different things and I think I always struggled with that and I think that's why I abandoned my music for a bit but I definitely yeah I want to really explore and have I think have more confidence and more ability as well I think I need to you know a large part of what I need to do is work on my ability to be able to record my music well and things like this, um, practical things, um, so that I can just put music out there and share it without any worries, I think. And um, yeah, and also obviously with training as an actor, like I want, I do see myself, you know, just creating so many different forms and I want to really see if I can yeah sort of meld the two as well and find where I sit with that you know I've always wanted to sort of you know do sort of a musical play about sort of my sort of family experience because it is quite an interesting experience um so I think yeah it's a lot of that and I think now more so than I probably did when I started drama school back in well, October 2019 um I do, yeah, see myself putting more work into my into my own, yeah, creating and writing and, um, but particularly in my music, I think, uh, yeah, just sort of, yeah, maybe making an album, I don't know. Um, I definitely think that's something which is particularly with Neurodivergent is we are so, we can be so hopeful and so ambitious. And I think 
it does feel like that you know even with the state of everything the world is in and the UK and everything like there's still that sense of being there like but you never you don't know where you're going to be in how many years and you can only do right now and create and make and just work hard but also I think I want to definitely spend more time yeah being kinder to myself and um creating what I want and not being concerned about others but I think I say that and I really think I think a lot of people a lot of friends have said you might ask people for their advice but you know what you're going to go do you know there's nothing we we could say that would actually change like Tash just you you know what you want to do you're gonna do it like just go and do it and stop (laughs) bothering everyone else and I think that's yeah I think it's taking that yeah trusting trusting yourself and I think we're all in that sort of we're constantly going to be there because you you can't trust yourself and I think a lot of my old songs like trepidation I didn't trust that voice I didn't trust myself but now I do because now I understand it and that's where the knowledge is the power of being able to understand our amazing brains because if we didn't have you know our slightly different outlook on life we wouldn't have most of the amazing tv or you know things that I've got through this period and I think um you know that's sort of what I want to sort of yeah take forward turning sour quickly and what is said is not intended to soothe cause here I am with my head in the sand and an old chip on my shoulder listening to with a sense of well-known trepidation I mean oh rationality has the power here and what is said may not be right but it's taken in any way oh difficult sense to fathom and to know the sense of rationality never going to cause here I am with my head in the sand and an old chip on my shoulder Listening to every word with a sense of well-known trepidation. I mean, no oh, rationality has the power here. And what is said may not be right, but it's taken in anyway. Take her name.
quickly And what is said is not intended to soothe To kind of have a conversation with someone who's really sat in that confidence of hopefulness um, and we will hear that throughout the songs that we've heard in the podcast. So thank you so much for your <laughs> generosity and sharing all of that with us. And yeah. so much for your, your beautiful voice, words, music. Um, I know I've, I've greatly appreciated it. I'm sure <laughs> the people that listen to this podcast will too. And I'm sure we'll see a lot more from you um, as a magical woman. Um, yes. but also just in your own right going out yeah. to the world and you know shouting how you know how it feels to be Natasha as loudly and proudly as you can <laughs> I think that's just wonderful um, thank you so much thank you Gemma <laughs> You have been listening to our special guest, Natasha Oliver-Cork, interviewed by Gemma Abbott for Magical Women. Natasha's songs can be found on a separate podcast where they are played in the same order during our feature on her here. The first song played was Seed, second was Release Me, third was Impossible, and fourth was No Net. The final song we played was Trepidation. You can hear more of Natasha on Magical Women's website. That's www.magicalwomen.co.uk.